Welcome to another Culture Gym podcast with your hosts Carly Richards and Gareth Shackleton, talking to each other and guests about good mental health, peak performance and employee engagement through your culture. Let's work out. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Culture Gym podcast. This is uh, episode two of season two. And uh, I'm, I'm joined this morning by my regular co-host, Carly Richards. Hi, Carly. Hi, Gareth. You okay? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm really good, thanks. Really good. Good, good. And we have a special guest this morning, Ray Gorkrodger. Welcome, Ray. Good morning. And um, thank you very much for having me here. It's lovely to be with you both. You're very welcome, and it's great to have you on the show. And uh, Ray is um, a specialist in uh, coaching and facilitating, particularly around presentation skills and leadership. And of course, in today's world, uh, that leadership, or the, the big topic at the moment, is around taking those leadership skills and applying them virtually with many people working from home and working virtually. Uh, so uh, we thought it would be great as we've, we've kind of touched on this topic before on the podcast around virtual leadership and, and what it means to really get the best out of people when, when you're not in the room with them. Uh, and so it's great to have you on the show today, Ray, to, uh, to explore that topic further and, and to pick your brains a little bit for the benefit of our listeners. Brilliant. Well, thank you. So maybe, Ray, just to, to kick things off, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, your history and what you do, how you help people. OK, it's always a, a good question to ask, isn't it? Yeah, so um, I, I've kind of been in the people development business for um, over 30 years, which is kind of shocking. And uh, I did a chunk of my early career in Big Blue Chip, so that was with uh, boots there are other chemists available of course <laughs> and um, then for a long time I've, I've worked in independent consultancy and um, as people do it, it's evolved and it's changed over time and so if I kind of bring that up to well what does that look like now um, I would say it's probably got three strands to it. So I work as a coach, I work as a leadership coach, working one-to-one -one, um, with senior people. Uh, and in addition to that, there's often a specific focus, which can be around presence and gravitas, which is uh, to do with how they present themselves, so presentation skills, which is oddly something that I started uh, training in right back when I was 21 and so it's kind of come full circle but I guess it's one of those skills that is just needed and is super critical um, because for, for many people it, it's that public face it's that moment of judgment rightly or wrongly about do I trust somebody do I believe them are they credible um, am I prepared to be taken with this person in mm. terms of their vision so that's kind of one strand of it. And then um, the other area that I work on is helping organisations get super crystal clear about their purpose. Um, and oddly, that's not often always the, the case. 
and it's about helping um, teams and individuals to get aligned behind the purpose of mm. an organisation. Um, and then the other thing that kind of underpins all of this really is about helping people to get develop their levels of self-awareness. Um, so I'm a huge fan of this because I think if we don't understand ourselves, it becomes extra tricky and difficult to engage in effective working relationships. In fact, ineffective any kind of relationship, be it in a professional capacity or a personal capacity. So um, I use a, a really well-known tool that's called Myers-Briggs Type Indicator. Um, but there are other, you know, again, there are other tools there. But I think what's great about anything that causes somebody to initially look in on themselves to kind of build self-awareness is uh, it's, it's a starter for a conversation. It kind of brings it to the surface. It brings it out into the open. Um, and one of the things that's been coming through and I've been working with people on recently is about resilience. And, mm. and guess what? That's no surprise, <laughs> is it? You know, given the last eight months or so, boy, we're having to dig deep for to find that resilience. Yeah, um, and, and, and again, terrible. that links to, you know, the leadership thing as well and leading in such volatile and changing circumstances. So yeah, that was a long way of telling you what <laughs> what I do. It, it's quite complicated in some ways and difficult to convey, uh, but ultimately it's all about helping people, organisations and teams to, to be better, to be more fulfilled, to be more engaged, to be more creative and guess what, ultimately to be more productive as a result. Great. I, I guess, you know, one of the things that um, this situation shines a light on it is whether you've got those things in place in an organization already you know if the per if, if the organization already has purpose and and, and that's clear to everybody and uh, if everybody is already working well as a team and there's good leadership in place then do you is this situation a really a, a challenge or do you just keep on doing the same things yeah i think it's um the, the answer is it depends. And so where my observation is, what I've noticed is organisations that have that clarity of purpose and have good quality leaders with um, supported leadership skills in place, then um, guess what? It's been easier, I'm not saying it's been easy, mm -hmm. but it's been easier to find a way through the last few months and I guess um, you know there's a statistic around that says that 70% of um, change uh, programs in organizations fail and one of the big reasons why that happens is when we think about um, the human response to change curve um, where you've got leaders who are at the front edge of the curve, they're kind of ready and chomping at the bit, ready to implement the change. It's known to them, it's familiar, they've got the vision, they know how they want to put it into practice. Um, but the people who they're leading are some way behind that. And sometimes there's a, a, a lack of recognition of the time that it may take 
uh, to bring some people with them. And I guess uh, in what's hugely uh, unique, I think, about the current circumstances and everything that we've faced um, over the last few months is that we all just got thrown into it at exactly the same time. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And so, you know, when we think about change and how we respond to change, often we respond differently when that change is imposed on us as opposed to it being initiated by us. And I think it's fair to say that we were all at the mercy. It, we had it totally imposed on us and impacted at so many different levels. Um, and I guess where you had leaders who were skilled with you know good leadership, good team management, good communication, good interpersonal skills, good at listening, all of that, then it made that imposition of that change easier for them, but also um, for those that they were leading because the dialogue was kept open, but yeah. where perhaps those things weren't so great, you're right, Gareth, it kind of shone the light on and exposed, you know, mm -hmm. the cracks when the pressure was on, which it absolutely continues to be and was, um, then, you know, guess what? Those, those cracks appear, don't they? And sometimes yeah. they just get bigger and bigger. I think that's right. And what you'd say there about you know the first lockdown where we were all thrown into it all at once and, and very suddenly mm. you know it's it's interesting that everybody reacts in a in a different way there's no there's not one reaction to that and uh, and everybody goes through that change curve at a different rate as well Every, everybody's an individual and i think we can often find ourselves as as leaders in businesses or in any organization um but it's not so much putting people into pigeonholes, but thinking about people in the same way, everybody's the same. And, and maybe the trap is everybody's the same as me. And if I'm feeling this, then everybody else is. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so, you know, one of the skills of leadership is probably around treating everybody as an individual. And so what, what are some of the skills around that, that a leader needs to, uh, to use and really amplify in the, the situation that we find ourselves in right now? around individuality yeah and I think um you know there's a lovely quote that I often use which is we see the world not as, not as it is but as we are mm. um and you know we all arrive at today from really different life experiences don't we we're all we brought up in different um circumstances we have different role models that we're kind of exposed to with different beliefs and attitudes and, and values. And um, I often talk about, I haven't got my glasses on this morning, but, um, you know, I wake up in the morning, I put my ray glasses on and I perceive the world through a filter of everything that's happened to me up until this point in time. That'll be and your, your ray bands. <laughs> Oh, nice. <laughs> exactly, nice. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I've never been. I've never. Well, I've never been trusted myself to afford a pair of Ray Bans <laughs> because, uh, yeah, you don't want to know what I do to sunglasses. Uh, but you're right. Available. 
I've got, you've got your Gareth bands on, Carly's got a Carly bands on, and I've got my Ray bands on. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's that kind of filter. And we, of course, what we perceive, we respond to as if it were real, but it is truly unique to us. And, um, you know, there's a beauty in that uh, difference and the, the strength that comes from that diversity. And, and that's going off on a completely different, you know, going off on a diversity track because there's lots of different ways in which we are, you know, hugely diverse, but I'm a great believer in the, the strength in that. And I think, um, you know, coming back to your question, Gareth, around um, how a leader might treat a, a group of people, it, has to come from a place of seeking to understand mm -hmm. uh, and not to assume and I think where we have ways of understanding those differences that we can talk about them in constructive and helpful ways um, rather than combative or emotional ways then it creates a space in which relationships and how people work together can be better and can be more fulfilling um, for every, everybody involved. And I think one of the super tough things about the circumstances that we faced, you know, back in March is, um, and it's, you know, it can be easy to stand up and criticise leaders for not having done X, Y and Z, but the truth is, they didn't get any warning either. <laughs> it just arrived and imploded for, for everybody at the same moment in time. And of course, teams look to their leaders to go, well, what and how and how will we do this? And I think there was a huge element of pitching in together. Um, mm. But yeah, so um, I, I think it's that seeking at first to 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 understand which um anybody who's read uh, stephen covey's seven habits of highly effective people which i looked actually it's over 25 years since mm -hmm. that was first published and you know it still resonates perfectly with today's circumstances yeah. um and it, it's that getting curious about people you know i often talk about um being a curious anthropologist, putting your more glasses, more Ray-Bans, put your curious anthropologist glasses on and go, hmm, isn't that interesting? I wonder, you know, what that's all about and digging beneath mm -hmm. the surface to, to get that understanding. Yeah. I think it's really important for everybody, not just leaders as well, you know, for, for um, every member of the team to understand that we all, we are all different. As you say, we have different backgrounds. We are made up of a completely different personality makeup, even those who score similarly on a personality um, assessment ne don't necessarily behave in the same way because when human beings are made up of so many different, different compartments, if you like, there's personality, there's experience, you know, there's, there's lots and lots of there's genetics, lots of different things that influence our behavior. Um, and I think you're absolutely right that it does matter a lot when leaders or or anyone is curious about that, curious from 
the individual that they're dealing with perspective you know where's that where have you come from where what have you learned like what's your experience but also from just a, a psychological point of view in terms of how human beings in general work and why we do things and you know why we are who we are um yeah I find that really interesting as well I really I really like what you're saying so you've got a lot of experience in Myers-Briggs mm. um, yeah do you want to talk a little bit about how you include that in some of your your work and how you include that in some of your coaching and, and facilitating yeah uh so um Myers-Briggs it's it's the Myers-Briggs type indicator it's based on uh Carl Jung's theory of personality traits and um there's some of the language gets used in everyday conversation you know and particularly more and more we've got rising levels of awareness of extroversion and introversion for example mm-hmm. um and although our regular everyday understanding of that is perhaps um a, a little bit off in relation to what Jung initially intended um so it's much more about um you know extroversion and introversion is about where do we get our energy from and extroverts access that energy from outside of themselves so it's not necessarily about being loud and gregarious and friendly and you know the life and soul of the party that might be true but that might equally be true for an introvert as well it's just that an introvert would access their energy um, from inside themselves uh, and their own reflections and thoughts and ideas and and that's where their energy would be um, accessed but coming coming back to you know so how do you use that it's um I always think it's about giving people um, raising levels of awareness so bringing things out into the open what do I know about myself and what do other people know about me and therefore that gives us, um, I talk about behavioral dexterity. So it's about having more choices about how I respond in a certain situation. So we all have our sort of familiar default go-to ways of doing and being and thinking that have served us well. Uh, and they're real strengths of ours but it's about then saying, well, what other strengths could I, what am I missing? And how by developing my understanding of myself, does that help me to understand other people um, more effectively as well? And particularly when you've got um, internal teams or an internal external team, perhaps working together uh, and you've got differences, we, we read, don't we? It's human nature. We judge uh, and we draw conclusions as a result of those judgments that we make, um, which may be right or may be wrong. But then we act as if those judgments, those observations are true and it changes our behaviour um, as a consequence. And sometimes that can take a working relationship down a really unhelpful unproductive negative path because there have been a a number or a series of misunderstandings that have happened along the way um so it's really raising those levels of self-awareness to inform 
um, better relationships and to give people mm -hmm. choices, more choice, um, more, you know, we, we can all develop whilst um, the, the theory of Myers-Briggs would, would say that your preferences remain the same. What happens over time is that we evolve. So those core preferences are the same, but we can develop our behavioral flexibility. It's like having a toolkit and instead of always going to the shiny familiar tool at the top of the box that kind of gets used for everything, we kind of dig a bit further down to the bottom to the ones that are a bit more rusty and a bit more unfamiliar and go actually do you know what this might be a better tool for the job in this situation um, yeah what's interesting actually about personality theory in terms of the big five is whilst um earlier research says that everything was fixed more recent research i believe has said certainly agreeableness is one of the big five traits can alter over time. So people actually tend to, not always, but tend to become more agreeable as they get older. It's, yeah, it's all very fascinating personality theory, isn't it? It is. I wonder what the, um, the Victor Meldrew character, I think he died <laughs> recently, didn't he? Uh, you know, I'm not sure that he was a, a shining example of how, a, <laughs> how people might become more agreeable. Over time. <laughs> well, if that's the case, then God knows what he was like when he was younger. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think maybe <laughs> one of the things that happens is you uh, become less inhibited of uh, of behaviours which are not seen as uh, socially acceptable. So your true personality starts to shine through as you get older. Yeah, you care less about what perhaps. people think. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's yeah. why as parents we become more and more embarrassing to our children. <laughs> over time which is That's just as, yeah I, I just say that it's in my job description so if I wasn't embarrassing then I'm not doing my job properly yeah I think I've heard the same manual as you then <laughs> <laughs> I think just going back as well you know we were talking about you know seeking to understand and I think that's really important um but I did see an advert actually recently for um, a leadership role in an organisation, and I have never seen this on a job on a job description and job advert before. Is one of the qualities they were looking for was um, humble. Mm. Oh wow! The humble leader, yeah. it, and that really kind of goes against the tide of all our stereotypical expectations of. Uh, kind of leadership qualities and I was just so pleased to see that there mm. um, and this sort of uh, need to for leaders to role model um, that openness and that vulnerability because mm. often we it gets talk, talked about in organizations yeah 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 this is the right thing to do this is this is what we do here this is our culture but then we don't see the evidence of that um, and, and I think that's super important. So I was very pleased to see that because if that's start of a, a trend towards the more humble leader, then I think that's a really good thing. It, it, it is, yeah. I, it's interesting that you say, it, you know, it's just starting though, because the, the idea of the humble leader has been around for a long time. And you know, I think it was uh, Jim Collins in Good to Great 
uh, wrote about, you know, the companies that, that make that shift from being good to great, uh, you know, are the ones that start with having, uh, with a humble leader. The leader of those companies have humility and that's their standout characteristic. Mm. And, and I can't remember when Jim Collins wrote that, but it's probably going back to the early 90s, I think. Yeah, yeah. Advanced thinking. Sorry? <laughs> Advanced thinking. Advanced thinking, but also research-based thinking. You know, it, it was based yeah. on five years of, of detailed research that they that that group did, and you know, and that's quite rare in the you know the self-development, the leadership development literature is full of um, pop psychology and, and and popular approaches. But that's a deep analysis of what makes a, a good company become great. Uh, and for that only just to be filtering through into job adverts, I think is in some ways a little bit disappointing, isn't it? Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of lag time, isn't it? And it, it's interesting when you look at um, our current political landscape here and in the US, I, I'm not sure that humble is a quality that we yeah. see often demonstrated. Um, and when you think about, you know, what do most people, you know, who do they think of when you say a leader? Some people won't think of people in their organizations, but often they will point to um, high profile uh, people in, you know, politicians mm -hmm. or in the media. Um, and I'm, sadly, I'm not certain that humble <laughs> is a quality that we're seeing demonstrated often. Um, and, and I think the thing that goes along with that kind of humble quality is the, uh, and it's a word that's on a lot of lips at the moment, is authenticity. Mm. Um, and, you know, it kind of comes full circle, really, because in order to be truly authentic, we need to be really self-aware. Um, and, and often there's a facade that people put on because they're in a particular role or they put that facade on when they have to get up and deliver a presentation, for example. Um, and pe people are canny, as we say, in the Northeast. <laughs> um, you know, they know when this is not congruent, it's not um, the real deal that we're mm. seeing in front of, and it's not what we're really hearing. And that sows seeds of, of doubt. And, you know, we begin to wonder, can we trust this person? You know, are they gonna do what they say they're gonna do? Do I believe them? Are they credible? Do I think they're competent? You know, and if it's a politician, am I gonna vote for them next time? Um, mm. And I think that, you know, that having that level of self-awareness is a great starting place in order to be authentic and to have confidence to be the real version of ourselves as well. Really? Yeah, I was just, yeah. sorry, yeah. Gareth. Um, I was just going to say that confidence to be ourselves is very important because quite often even the most self-aware people, if they if the confidence isn't there to to show their true selves then you know that can be a real issue for people as well um, and it's interesting that you talk about culture as a as a kind of you know in society often Gareth and I in these podcasts we talk about culture within an organization 
but actually what impact is the wider culture in society having on the way culture is played out within organizations and especially at the minute with everything you know with the real leadership that we're seeing both in the UK and um, abroad in America at the minute hopefully things are changing but it's in it, it's just interesting to wonder how the impact that that's having on organizations and on leadership within organizations particularly in these trying times when virtual leadership is is necessary um yeah I wonder how how does what are your thoughts on that Ray how does that do you think impact virtual leadership at the minute if at all yeah I think it's um, you know, it, it's probably the a case for a PhD study, actually, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, whenever we, you know, if you were to think about how um, that big political leadership situation has, has played out and the way that we have heard um, people behave and the messages that we get if it were like a marketing campaign um, then it's it's consistent messages received from lots of different directions and often and therefore you could know that that's gone into subliminally into consciously and unconsciously into people's minds and it would be interesting to know how that had influenced um, how they perform um, and how they lead. I think in the thing that's super important from a virtual leadership point of view um, is that ability to um, have build trusting relationships based on understanding of difference and understanding of preferences and to be open and to be vulnerable and to be humble and to say do you know what I'm not absolutely certain what the best thing is to do what do you think what's important to you here how can I best serve you how can I be the best manager that you've ever had um and people don't always know immediately the answers to questions like that because they don't get asked very often. Mm -hmm. But it is about, um, you know, in the consulting work that I do, I, my mindset is always about standing shoulder to shoulder with my client. It's not about there being a power differential in anybody's favour. It's about how can we work together, you know, we're the best brains to have together on this thing. We're the best people in the team to have together on this thing. So how do we make it uh, to be the best environment such that everybody gets to thrive, that everybody feels engaged, people feel valued, and therefore, guess what? People make better contributions um, as a result of it. It's not just doing it because it's a tick box thing to do or doing it because it's a nice thing or you think it's the right thing to do but you don't really believe it um, you'd much rather just be cracking the whip um, I think that you know it is about modeling it it's about believing it's the right thing to do and making it an open dialogue it's a it's a two-way street um, 
and it's not about leaders being right or having all the answers and I think the thing what's been tricky what I've noticed has been tricky for leaders as they've switched into the virtual context is um striking being able to strike a balance between interactions and contact which is functionally based it's around task and relationally based and it's not saying that you know you should separate those two, two things out and saying okay Carly I'm calling you for a relational purpose today <laughs> <laughs> But, but it's about knowing that it is both of those things and there is something about removing, physically removing people from each other that has shifted a bit of focus onto the task focus, the functional focus, uh, because people have found it difficult naturally. We're used to interacting with people in, you know, full glorious Technicolor 4D uh, experience, aren't we? And suddenly we get the 2D version and... and that just is quite peculiar it's fair mm -hmm. to say <laughs> i do a lot of the relationship uh, building outside of the meeting often don't you you do it in the kitchen you do it uh, at the water cooler you do it walking down the corridor and uh, mm -hmm. uh, well and i guess i say you do it the good leaders do it you know because they're always thinking about the people and you know and asking how your wife is how your son is you know these kinds of things they, they happen I guess somewhat naturally if you're being authentic about it and uh, yeah and um, lots of cues yeah lots of cues that are missed uh just in terms of you know how do we read when somebody walks into the office and the way they say good morning this morning as compared to how they usually say it yeah. and we get so much data from that 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 we're currently missing out on um yeah. because we don't you know we don't see the expression um, as somebody puts down a phone to a client across the desk from us and know that was a great call or actually that person probably could just do with a quick chat because I can see that that was tricky. Um, it's interesting what you say about, um, you know, at the water cooler, uh, one client that um, I was with in real life in February. <laughs> <laughs> We're back. A dim and distant memory. <laughs> And what was interesting was their head office was um, under a major rebuild and redesign and they were connecting um, two buildings across a road with a big wide walkway and some of it was about you know the physical connectivity but there was a real intention behind that with a recognition that they wanted to make that corridor space a really nice space to be in because they recognize that a lot of the um, powerful, you know, forward-looking ideas, creation, conversations happen on the hoof. They happen when somebody happens to pass somebody in a corridor and they mm -hmm. say, oh, I'm so glad I've seen you. Have you got a minute? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it's a spontaneous creative moment. So I think that's really interesting isn't it when there's no corridors to linger in <laughs> at the moment and and I think that's really challenging super challenging at the moment yeah indeed it's literally building bridges that one isn't it yeah nice yeah. I, I, I'm here all day <laughs> <laughs> and this is the Friday version of you Gareth I, 
I'd, you know, it would be great to see you. What's possible on a Monday? Oh, you don't want to see that. No, that's uh, that, that's. <laughs> uh... <laughs> well, I, I think we're only just scratching the surface here. We've got um, so much more we can discuss. Um, but we've we've been going for I guess forty minutes already, and uh, wow. probably mm. a good time to um, call it a day for today. But I think Carly would agree with me. It'd be great to have you back on at some time. Yeah, the- absolutely, definitely. Back on. I'd love to be back. Any final uh, thoughts, Ray, for uh, leaders listening out there? That uh, you know, top tips for virtual leadership to help them through their through their day and through their coming weeks. Um, it 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 really is about build, building those levels of self awareness and getting curious. Get you know find find your equivalent of your your ray bands um, and get them on and and start getting curious. You know when we see when we interact with people, I always think about people as being a little bit like an iceberg and. You know what we see at the surface apparently it's you know in iceberg terms it's only seven to nine percent of the mass of the ice mm. and it's a bit like that with people and what we get to interact with at the surface is is the behavior but actually what sits beneath that is a whole load of other stuff um which drives the behavior and if we get curious about what sits beneath the water line and go hmm I might just, you know, I might just explore that a bit further. Uh, then you never know what you might discover that can really um, add value to the depth of the relationship and the way that that relationship works together. And I know it kind of sounds cheesy, but we spend so much time at work. You know, this is about changing people's lives and their their outlooks and their mm their mood and their ability to contribute in a meaningful and purposeful way so it you know you can tell probably I'm quite passionate about it but in one way it's super simple so I'd say get curious go out there get curious you know instead of judging at the surface try and understand a bit more and dig a bit more and see what happens I love that I think it's really important to have that focus that awareness on staying curious because you know certainly as we it's an interesting thing we're talking about personality and and personality traits uh, staying the same typically or or they may change with age and one of the ones which there's research on changing with age is that openness and openness to experience and and that can decline over time we become less likely to try new things and and in a way that means we become less curious yeah. I guess that's normal because we, we feel as though we, we know lots of things now and we, we perhaps understand things better so we naturally become less curious and it's also true that you know most of the time leaders tend to be uh, a little bit older you know, because it takes time to get into that position mm-hmm. yeah. so you could argue that most leaders will have lost some of their natural curiosity mm-hmm. and yeah. so I think yeah. it's a really important point that and the, and the thing is, it's not, you know, um, often when uh, I'm working with people around presentation skills and they talk about, um, you know, the, the it factor and you'll get this 
talked about in the world of theatre and acting as well is like you know somebody's got it like the it is a ooh nebulous you know well you mm. can't it's they've just got it you either have it or you don't <laughs> um and and I completely don't agree with that because of course as a learning and development professional you know um I believe it's a skill that everybody can develop and and I think it would be easy as a leader to say, oh, you know, well, I'm, you know, that's just not me. Or there are some people who can just do this. Well, actually, most people who can just do this actually put a lot of time, conscious time of mm. effort and energy into building those skills. Yeah. So the encouragement is that it's available to everybody. Everybody mm -hmm. can develop, everybody can, you know, continue to build those skills. But of course you've got to have the mindset to want to to do that and to believe it's possible yeah we've talked a lot about neurological pathways and and developing those as by learning new skills and things and i think that's an important point to end on actually regardless of who you are and what personality type you have or what your personality preferences are you can learn new skills and it might be that you need to learn your new skills or you or as a leader you might need to help a few members of your team learn that skill in a different way to a few other members of your team but the important point is we can all develop and we can all learn um things that we didn't know how to do before and yeah regardless of who we are that's a really important thing and the first step of that as you say is to be curious about learning a new any new skill really isn't it absolutely yeah yeah. Oh, thank you, Ray. It's been fascinating. It's been lovely to be with you. Yeah, absolutely, Ray. Thank you very much for joining us today and giving up your valuable time to, to share those insights. How can people get in touch with you if uh, they want to find out more? Oh, yes. I haven't thought about that. So um, I'm on LinkedIn uh, and it, it's Ray Gorkrodger, but oddly, there aren't many of us uh, on there on LinkedIn. That, that's <laughs> Do you Ray want to spell it just for people? I just spell it R A E. Yeah, it's E A spelled backwards, and um, Gorkrodger <laughs> is spelled G A U K R O G E R. And um, my company is called Upfront Presenting, and um, there's a website for that as well. And I love to chat. So if you want to um, get my contact details through that, I'd, I'd love to hear from you and have a conversation about some of the challenges you might be facing at the moment. Great. Thanks very much, Ray. Uh, well, that's all we've got time for today. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, have a great week. And remember, stay curious. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you. Okay, Thank goodbye. You. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Culture Gym Podcast. Thanks for working out with us. Till next time, work happy. Work happy.